What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously, as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. Okay, ladies, you have heard this over and over again. Before we even leave the house in the morning, we are exposed to several hundred chemicals from the shampoo that we use and the body wash to the face wash and then all of our makeup and everything else. So obviously, clean makeup is so important to me and people are always asking what I use. And I want to introduce to you Crunchy. I am absolutely loving these products. I have been using them for a while now, and I've just now decided to share it with you all on the podcast. My two favorite products are the Crunchy Power Light Eye Cream, which has been amazing results, along with the Crunchy Golden Light multi-peptide facial serum. You can check it out at C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com, crunchy.com forward slash Lisa Olszewski, which will be a lot easier to just click the link below. But if you do want to write it down, that's C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com forward slash L-I-S-A-O-L-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Like I said, it's easier just to click the link below. I have Claudia Mullenweg here with me today, and we're going to be talking about our vision. She is the founder of Holistic Vision, LLC. She's also the creator of the Naturally Clear Vision Method. Claudia always hated her glasses and has made it her mission to help others see clearly naturally. So I cannot wait to find out how she has learned all of these fun, great things. She also obviously focuses on finding the root cause of her client's blurry vision instead of using symptomatic treatments like glasses, contacts, or surgery that can actually make their eyesight worse in the long term. So we're going to deep dive into this, but she also has a five-day challenge that is coming up next week. So click the link below and you'll be able to register for that five-day challenge. 
I'm going to jump in and do this as well. So maybe I'll see you over there. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. I have an amazing guest over here with me today, and I'm super excited about this interview and this whole episode because we're going to talk about natural vision. And so I have Claudia Mullenweg. Did I say it correctly? You did a great job, Lisa. <laughs> some of my little Polish skills must be coming back so I can have some <laughs> Eastern European who knows? Anyways, Claudia today is going to talk to us about natural vision. So we're going to, I mean, there's so much stuff within the holistic world where we know we can correct our vision. And I really want to deep dive in, especially since I'm now over 40, I guess I've been over 40 for a while, but those readers, it seems like all of us are laughing, <laughs> but, but I shared with Claudia the other day about my experience after my chiropractic adjustment. And I'll deep dive into that later too, but we know there's so many different ways to help improve our vision. So Claudia, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. And let's first off, share with them your story. How did you get into natural vision? Cause I know you probably have your own story as to how this happened. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. This is not something I randomly decided to do. I got glasses at the tender age of three years old and I absolutely hated the glasses, just like most kids do. When I got into school, I was teased and bullied and I was born in the sixties in the early sixties. So I'm aging myself here. And back then, like nobody had glasses. There was one other boy in my class who was the professor who like knew the like the, the nerd, right? What we would call a nerd or geek, um, which wasn't a thing back then, you know. So you were you were just kind of nobody wanted to hang out with you if you were not smart and wore glasses. And uh, what happened is so I was miserable. I didn't wear them um whenever I could, but my parents were really strict with me putting them on and in school. And then as I got into my like teenage years, um, I was asked to play in the handball team in the school. And honestly, I was a horrible athlete. I think they literally needed kids for the girls handball team. They didn't have enough, you know, so they, I was like, they asked me, like, I was like, so I started playing handball and because my glasses were glass glass back then, the coach said, you can't wear your glasses. And in hindsight, after three, what happened after three years of that, the doctor said, the eye doctor said, you don't need glasses anymore. I was like, what? Like in my life changed like boys would be you have beautiful eyes and and then a couple of years later I was in my high school exams in Germany we had 13 years of high school and I was studying and studying I was struggling and so basically what happened is my vision got worse and I was so panicked that I'm going to be back in glasses so I did I researched back then there was no internet you know we had to go to bookstores so I found a book about natural vision improvement and I practiced this stuff and sure enough it actually worked so basically I was able to stay out of glasses and I want to cut it short, but in my late thirties in my marriage falling apart, super stress, um, I, my vision got worse again. And sure enough, I was back in glasses. And after like five years or so of that, I had already separated from my husband. I was like, hold on. Like I noticed how my vision got worse. This was the biggest epiphany. It got worse and worse. And especially 
like when I took the glasses off, my vision was always way more blurry mm -hmm. than before I even put them on. And so basically at that point, I was like, okay, something like, I know I'm over 40 now, but there has to be something. And I found that book again that I found back then, yeah. did the practices and I saw the results, but it didn't last. So I eventually hired a private teacher um, and then did the teacher training eventually. So I've been out of glasses for almost 20 years now. So that's amazing. So through eye, all of the eye exercises, eye improvement, let's, let's deep dive in. So where do you want me to start? <laughs> well, yeah. So is it, is it doing the eye exercises? Cause I feel like I've always noticed the same thing. I started wearing glasses in fourth grade and people that know me, they never see me in them <laughs> and funny story. Like I was told in fourth grade to wear them for reading. So I would say I was probably 35 at my eye doctor's appointment. And he's like, all right, Lisa, when are you wearing these? And I said, I wear them for reading. And he looked at me and he's like, you're supposed to be wearing them all the time. I'm like, oh, well, at some point in the last 30 years, nobody told me that, but I, I like you put them on and I take them off. And I feel like my, I can't see anything afterwards. I mean, I, they're so blurry. So I have looked into the eye exercises. So is that exactly what like the vision improvement through eye, eye exercises or what else is this really? It's actually <laughs> not eye exercises. And this is always what everybody thinks, yes. right? And in marketing, I kind of have to talk about it because that's what people understand. But I want to say something quickly about what you just said. So mm. that notion of put your, have your glasses on all the time when in fact you notice mm -hmm. that your vision gets worse. And this is something that really drives me nuts. How have we accepted a model that actually makes our condition worse and we pay all this money for that? That's like one thing that can actually get, make me very like, not angry, but like, you know, even more mission driven, you know? Yes, um, I agree with you 100% because patients, they just accept it. Once I wear them, I know I'm going to have to get a stronger pair and a stronger prescription. And it goes over and over and over again. I'm like, stop. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Again, that's coming from a holistic background. But yes, I didn't right. even interrupt you. But no, that's okay. I love your energy. But here's <laughs> the thing. So I exercise this. Yes. Okay. That's, that, that, let me put it that way. There's nothing wrong with those eye exercises. You've probably seen like roll your eyes around in the circle, like this yoga or like moving and looking at your yes. thumb and moving it in and out or things like that. Nothing wrong because it does create movement. However, naturally clear vision is based on actually using the eyes the way they were designed to be used based on the anatomy of the eyes, based on neuroscience, because we now know that we see, and we, we, and we knew that before, but we see in the brain and the visual cortex, not in the eyeball and vision habits, like good vision habits. And so when I teach these things, I call them vision practices, just like you would, you know, maybe meditate or so I call them practices. But the goal is that eventually you just employ automatically naturally good vision habits. And one simple thing I want to give right now, blinking. So blinking is one of those things people with poor vision tend to stare. So literally like don't blink. They look at you like deer in the headlights. And blinking is one of those simple things that initially I had to kind of exercise, you know, I had to remind yeah. myself to do it. And now I cannot not blink. And if I try to film an, like an Instagram reel where I stare, I'm like, it really hurts my <laughs> eyes, you know? So true. That makes sense. When I think of, um, yeah, just the experience with certain people that would make sense. And I would assume through the use of all this excess technology now, right. That we are seeing all sorts of stuff. Cause that's the one thing, at least within the chiropractic, my chiropractic practice, I always tell people, I'm like every 20 minutes on the screen, you have got to get up and look 20 minutes, 20 feet away at least for 20 seconds. Right. Like that's my 20, 20, 20 rule with them. But, um, that's me looking at that with their neck and everything else. So what is technology done to our eyes? <laughs> oh my God. That is so much. So first of all, um, you know, getting back to blinking. So they did mm -hmm. studies and they found 
that when people look at screens, we, we're supposed to blink every two to three seconds. And when we look at each other in the eyes, we do that, right? But when we look at screens, we blink only every two to three times per minute. Oh my gosh. And that really, and that's why dry eyes. So the tear film, it depends. Everybody's slightly different and the tear film has three different layers. But, you know, one of them is purely like evaporation. So, right, when you don't blink, when there's the air coming onto the cornea, right, the tear film thins out and it only takes like 10 seconds of not blinking, you know, or some people don't blink all the way. They don't close their eyes all the way. So there's all kinds of things. So that's a simple thing where you just, you know, initially, like I said, I put stickers on my computer because we automatically, this is like, we automatically blink less than when we look at somebody, some another person, for instance. That's really interesting. And then also, you know, with you as a chiropractor, posture, right? The, mm -hmm. the tech neck posture is actually related to astigmatism. And I also, I see this kind of, and like we can dive more into that, but I also see this kind of tunnel vision where the screens kind of suck you in and you lose all that peripheral vision, which is a big piece of good vision. It's not just the central clarity, but also that peripheral awareness mm -hmm. of the space around us. And that usually with screens, you know, you, you see people running into lampposts or whatever, you know, yeah. like when they're looking at their phones, because they just, they just look at this little square and that's all they do. Okay. Fill me in on the astigmatism with posture. Like what type of postural changes are you seeing? Cause it's affecting the brain, I'm assuming. Or no. Yes. And so this is actually, I mean, this is a research that was done by an optometrist in the 80s. His name was Elliot Forrest, and he was meticulously researching every, with all his patients, he would note down their astigmatism. And astigmatism is basically just to oversimplify it, like a normal cornea looks more like a dome shape, like a sliver of a basketball versus a, um, a stigmatic cornea looks more like a football, like an American football. Mm -hmm. So there's a steeper and a flatter curve in your cornea. And so he was taking meticulous notes of his patient's astigmatism. And you can measure that, first of all, in diopters in terms of the strength. And then there's a so-called axis, meaning the angle of your astigmatism. And just oversimplify for the, your listeners that can look at their prescriptions. So the axis is like, let's say 0, 180 is like horizontal. 90 is like vertical, right? So you can think of like just the baseline of that 90 degrees vertical. And he noticed when people like, let's say they changed their jobs or let's say they started with reading glasses as an example. With reading glasses, people often have the readers on the, the bottom of their nose mm -hmm. and then they would look down to read and then they would not move their head, but just move their eyes vertically to look in the distance. So it's this kind of like, you're just moving your eyes vertically up and down, but you're not moving your head. Or in another example, let's say you have several monitors um, or you have a computer and you have stuff on the side and you habitually move your eyes left and right, but you're not really moving your head along. So when we just move the eyes, we obviously can do that. But if you habitually yes. move them in one direction only without moving your head along, that creates that astigmatism because of the eye muscle tension that we have six outer eye muscles and the tension in these muscles becomes unbalanced. And that pulls on your eyeball and that pulls on the cornea as part of the eyeball right so so that basically so he found that correlation and let me go a little bit deeper into that so they norwegian researchers looked into orchestra musicians because all the violinists have their head tilted and and the music stand is not tilted right so your eyes are moving um they're like angled mm -hmm. in your head but then the music is not in your eyes scanning is not moving in the same angle as the you know what I mean? If I hope that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, or a trombone player 
has the head tilted so that one eye is closer to the music and one eye is further away. And the eye that's further away from the focal point is also getting the astigmatism versus the other eye isn't. So, so basically to make it to the positive part, you kind of want to think of moving your attention or moving your head and your eyes together, you know? Right. So does that make sense? So yeah, you, that you makes sense. And what, why, um, I'm so intrigued by that, the type of chiropractic that I do, right? I'm working with upper cervical spine, but I'm looking at head tilt. I'm also specifically head tilt. I'm looking to see how it is in relationship to the cervical spine. So that makes sense to me when you said that. And I'm like, I want to start, like, maybe I'll do a little mini research study in my office to see if certain people of what we're looking at within my upper cervical technique, like a type two misalignment, boom, like this, if mm -hmm. they are more likely to have astigmatism. That I'm would be curious. super interesting because yeah. I mean, it's, I think Elliot Forrest found like in 80 to 85% of the cases, it's the case that is also, it could also be from birth. I mean, that could also, mm -hmm. you know, astigmatism also has that kind of, because astigmatism means that it's one of the refractive errors and refractive errors is nearsighted, farsighted astigmatism with nearsightedness, your eyeball is a little bit too long and the focal point falls in front of the retina. With farsightedness, your eyeball is a little bit too short and the focal point falls behind the retina. And astigmatism basically has several focal points. So it's not just one. And they could all be both or three or more could be in front of the retina behind it. Or some can be in front and some can be behind. But when you think about it, like astigmatism is a kind of like, and I'm not saying that in a clinical diagnosis kind of way, but kind of an ADD like you have too many balls in the yeah. air, you have too many focal points, like you cannot focus. Um, there's also that aspect of like, you know, not really feeling centered and grounded and trying to do too many things, like multitasking, that kind of thing. Oh, that makes sense. So yeah, that's really interesting. So do you see um, when it was the people, like the violinist, which eye was typically the issue with them? Did he- So- I don't remember, but okay. basically like when you think like, let's say the music stand was tilted the same exact way that the eyes were positioned, they wouldn't have the astigmatism. But even in an orchestra, let's say you're always like, usually two musicians share a music stand, right? So let's say you're always on the left, um, you know, when you when you play in the orchestra. And so your left eye is always further away from the, from the music stand. You would get an astigmatism or a stronger astigmatism in the left eye. So when okay. I look at a prescription and, you know, the cylinder is the diopter strength of your astigmatism. And so I see like, you know, right eye has like whatever minus three and left eye has like minus one. I'm like, um, let me think. So the right eye is stronger. I'm like, are you left-handed? Oh, um, yes. So sometimes they would be like, yes. So again, when you write with your left hand and you mm -hmm. glance over the right eye is further away from the focal point. So I tell people write more in the center of your body versus so much to the side. And again, this is only when you do this habitually. If you, you know, move your eye, like in those eye exercises I talked about yeah. in the beginning, you know, that's fine. You can roll your, we're not owls like the birds. They cannot move their eyes in their sockets. So it's not like bad, you know, but you want, you don't want to habitually do the same thing over and over again.
That's this is so fascinating. It takes me back even to the pediatric diplomate that I did years ago because they were talking about so many things that, and I just went back to my childhood, right? Like, so you had said a lot of it, it could be birth process where like we're looking at it. And it was actually a German researcher in the 80s that recognized that the majority of babies or newborns had the top two bones, the atlas and axis were misaligned during just a regular vaginal delivery. And so that's why as a chiropractor, I always look at little babies to make sure that we get them adjusted, clear out that misalignment, especially now because that was regular vaginal deliveries. And you think of how many cesareans we have now or right. other types of intervention. So, um, from there, then they just talked about kids and the little things like laying on, um, this is when I need to put this podcast on YouTube, right. So people can see what I'm doing, but like <laughs> kids that sit there with their hand up and laying down and writing, it's a whole nother, it just goes through the things that we've done. Um, like the reflexes that we, we may not have gone through, through childhood. Right. So this is so fascinating to me because of, especially, I mean, it's all brain related too. Right, <laughs> so I'm so digging it. Yes. All right. So then what are some things that we can do to improve it? Um, does diet, like I, you know, you always think of beta carotene, you always think of people talking about carrots <laughs> and you know, their vision, um, true false. What would you say? So, I mean, <laughs> carrots, you know, well, it's, this is the funniest myth. I mean, okay. Yes. Right. Carrots have beta carotene, which is a precursor to vitamin A, which is a precursor to rhodopsin, which covers the rod cells. So in your retina, you have two types of cells. You probably remember that from school biology, maybe. Um, you have the cone cells and you have the rod cells and the rod cells are the ones that we have in the periphery and they give us night vision. They're very, very light sensitive. They give us night vision and they give us the peripheral vision. They do not have color vision. So we do not have any color in the outer periphery or at night, everything is black and white. So yes, so the vitamin A or the pedicarotines are really important for night vision, but just eating carrots is not going to be, and again, it's, <laughs> it's the night vision and the peripheral vision. It's not the color vision and the visual acuity, which is that sharp vision for that. And I'm wearing green here for that. You need the lutein and zeaxanthin, which is when, when you buy eye vitamins and astaxanthin mm -hmm. is in micro algae. So that's like the, the dark leafy greens are really high in lutein and zeaxanthin. So that, that's why marigolds, most of the eye vitamins are made from marigolds, the flower. Mm -hmm. yes. So, but it, people that eat a lot of dark leafy greens and I know kale and spinach, Sometimes people, the oxalates, and yes, there is, you know, but you want the main chart, like all these dark leafy greens, a lot of people don't get greens in their diet. Mm -hmm. And so that would probably be my, and again, the carrots are good too, but don't right. think like just <laughs> eating carrots, like Bugs Bunny. Is crazy. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. I just always, I want to like buzz through some of the fallacies out there, right? Yes. Because we hear yes. it all. So, okay. Let's talk about readers. Like the, how about, I'm going to share with them my story. This was what was funny is that, you know, I noticed years ago. This was actually, um, I was working for another upper cervical doctor in Oklahoma in 2003. And so I would take x-rays and there were some days that it was so crystal clear. I would have this little string that I would eye everything up, super crystal clear vision. And then the other day I'd be like, what in the world is going on? And it took me a while, but I finally figured out that it was right after my adjustment for that next week, it was super clear vision. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting. And through there, I think I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago. Um, little known fact was that a lot of airline pilots will go in for a chiropractic adjustment prior to their vision exam, right? So that makes sense. So it was literally because of the upper cervical adjustments that I was having, clearing out any irritation through the brainstem, all of that, that my vision got super clear. Um, and it was the same thing, like literally this past Wednesday. So this last, um, we had a massive snowstorm two weeks ago when I was supposed to see my chiropractor. So I couldn't get up there. There's 12 inches of snow. I'm not driving the two hours. Um, 
my vision in the office, I'm trying to, you know, my new supplement line launch, people are asking, I'm grabbing bottles and I can't see squat. Right? <laughs> so now I have a pair of readers. My staff is laughing at me. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Literally Claudia, I'm sitting in his reception area on Wednesday. I'm looking at my phone. I was like, okay, I cannot wait for this adjustment. I got into the car after my adjustment, literally went to text somebody. And I was like, crystal clear again. Love it. So it's like, I absolutely love, and I don't even know the point of my story and all of this, but let's talk. Okay. Readers. That's what the point right, of it. Right. Right. Let's talk about readers. Cause I feel like when we, especially, especially my thoughts and again, just my thoughts and I'm no expert in eyes and which is why I have you here. If I'm putting on glasses all the time and they're, I feel like they're weakening my eyes. Um, I feel like when you buy the cheapy readers that are $2 over at the grocery store and how rough they are, is that doing more damage than good or what? So first of all, there's so many things that you just shared that I would love to unpack. <laughs> the first part about your vision and how it varies, right? And your chiropractic adjustments. Mm -hmm. This is something I want everybody to know. Your vision changes with your nervous system. So when we are relaxed, so good vision is based on being in the parasympathetic nervous system state, being relaxed. And yes, when we focus, when we look up close, there is a little bit of that arousal, that sympathetic arousal, you know, that's normal. But you, if you're like stressed beyond, like, you know, some people are in a chronic, chronic stress, your vision will be blurry. And so addressing that with chiropractic adjustment, with relaxation, with meditation, all these things that you can do to feel grounded is really important. So that's, and noticing how your vision varies, to me, it's always like, if you would go to the eye doctor every week, uh, every day, and you, you know, you would have different measurements. They would measure you differently. And so then you're like, well, what is this prescription? Is really a snapshot, you know. And if you would have gotten that day where, you know, before you had that adjustment, you would have come home with a pair of glasses and you would put them on. You're like, oh my God, they're too strong and they give me mm -hmm. a headache. And I always say, don't, if they feel too strong, don't let the doctor tell you, oh, you get used to that okay. because you will actually make your vision worse. So say yes. no. Um, and then your second question was about, so readers, first of all, let's differentiate between prescription readers yes, and dollar yes. store readers. Yeah. The dollar store readers are not going to make it worse. Like basically glasses and self make them make your vision okay. worse. And I've seen a prescription once and one of my students, it made me actually angry because it was like a plus one reader. And then she had a quarter day after of astigmatism in the cylinder. And again, the astigmatism like everything under one diopter plus or minus you probably don't even really notice and I was like okay now you just got a pair of like four or five hundred dollar glasses that you could have gotten at the drugstore for a dollar right for the, the because it's basically a pair of readers with a teeny tiny bit of astigmatism in one eye so yeah so first of all don't worry about you know like ruining your eyes Okay. With the dollar readers versus, you know, you get pay like two, three, four hundred bucks at the eye doctor for the same pair. No. However, reading glasses themselves, like you talked about, because when we look up close, so this is specifically for those of you farsighted or that have presbyopia, which is called old age sight, you know, when we get the reading glasses. So looking up close is a muscular effort for your eyes. Your inner eye muscles have to kind of pull you because your two eyes, I only have one um, rubber eyeball. And where did it go? I think it dropped it. And basically <laughs> imagine, you know, your two eyes have to kind of come together a little bit to look up close versus when you look far, they are parallel, right? So the inner, the medial um, extraocular muscles have to pull a little bit. The outer ones have to lengthen. So that, and also the lens, the lens inside our eye, when we look up close, it gets like thick, it bulges up. When we look far, it's relaxed and flat. 
So there is that muscular effort. So looking up close is more of a muscular effort for your eyes, no matter how good your vision is versus distant is being relaxed, right, for your eyes. So now you put these reading glasses on and basically whatever, like maybe you didn't have that chiropractic adjustment. Maybe you had a stressful day. Maybe you had an argument. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you drank alcohol the night before. Maybe you're you're super tight and you're like, you know, and now your vision is blurry. Like, okay, I need the glasses. Now you haven't addressed the root cause. You're basically mm -hmm. just putting on a pill. Like I always call glasses yep. pills for the eyes. And what happens is you're still straining. You might still not be blinking. We haven't really talked about eye anatomy much yet, but um, you know, maybe you're trying to see that too much at once clear. Maybe your peripheral vision is locked down. Um, you're doing all these bad habits. You know, you're not looking far. You're staring at the screen for hours. And now what happens is you're like, oh my God, despite the glasses, it's still getting a little blurry. And then you get a stronger pair. So yes, you're basically making it worse um yeah basically by these glasses i call them the gateway drug because here's the other thing that people don't know with readers oh yeah it's so cute welcome to the club you look like the sexy <laughs> librarian you know but what happens a few years into and you're good you only use them very you don't put them on all the time a few years into putting them on all the time then you need them more and more then you can't then you go from plus one to plus one and a half to plus two to two and a half la 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 and then eventually you go to the eye doctor or you just realize, I can't read that street sign. What does it say there? You know, and then boom, your perfect distance vision is, is gone. And now you end up in bifocals or progressive glasses, which again have postural issues that we can talk about. Because yes. But you know, but this is the thing, like reading glasses are not in, the, they will really destroy your vision far and near. Mm -hmm. so yeah really i want to put that they should have a warning label i think like cigarettes do honestly right no there's so many things within our um quote-unquote healthcare system that should have warning labels on it right i think of there's so many things i try to educate my patients on black box warnings right when they're signing certain things i'm like just research what a black and for listeners research what a black box warning is so when you're getting a drug that has a black box warning you probably want to know what that is and they just don't you know what i mean right so anyways um so let's talk about posture let's deep dive in. Like, this is like, I love posture. This is what yeah. I do all day. So posture <laughs> is one of those things. So here's the, pro so for those of you, for your listeners, so bifocals is like the old days, it was just basically that let's backtrack. So diopters only correct you for one distance. Okay. Most people don't think about that. That's why when you get reading glasses, you use them for reading. But if you were to look up and up, up and look in the distance, everything would be blurry, right? They don't work. So for those of you that are nearsighted, meaning you have a minus prescription, minus, uh, you know, which makes everything look a little bit smaller versus plus lenses for farsightedness make are like magnifying glasses, right? So minus lenses make everything smaller. You're corrected for the distance for 20 feet. And most of you, especially when you're younger, you can still use that same strength and you can look up close. But it's really a strain for your eyes because your, your glasses are measured for 20 feet. You're not really it's really destroying your vision if you're nearsighted and you use your glasses or your contacts and now you sit in front of a computer at two feet all day long, that's not good. You're destroying your vision faster. So I always tell all my nearsighted clients, and especially if you were spent all day at the computer, get, get con especially if they wear contacts, right? Get contacts or com computer distance. And then when you're driving, you can put an additional minus glasses on top if you need to, to be safe. Um, so here's the problem. So bifocals, have that assumption with that line, right? Mm -hmm. When you look, you look down, you have one diopter for reading, 
doesn't matter if you're near or far side, but you have a different diopter for reading for like 16 inches. And when you look far, you look straight ahead and that's distance and that's a different diopter. And progressive glasses, which, what we have nowadays is basically top diopter, bottom diopter, and then that's a gradation, like middle distance near, you know, like it. So, mm -hmm. but here's the problem. So people wear these and, you know, now they sit in front of a computer and the computer is straight ahead, right? Mm -hmm. but they really need the diopters for the near vision. So what does they do? They tilt up their chin, <laughs> right? And so they look down and that mm -hmm. creates an astigmatism in the kind of um, 145 in one eye and 35 uh, axis in the other eye. So there's a torque now that your chin, and that creates a lot of mm -hmm. tension on your yes. cervical spine, right? Yes. So, and the other problem is when you get those, and everybody that gets those glasses and initially is like, your brain is like, God, like, this is really stressful because now you look down and, but you're not reading. Let's say you're hiking mm -hmm. and let's say you're five, whatever, 10, and you look at your feet and that's not like 16 inches away. So that's <laughs> the diopters are wrong. And eventually yeah. your brain is amazing and it will get used to them. But I always say your initial instinct, you put these glasses on and they feel horrible because it's, they are horrible. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, and they're also really expensive. Oh my gosh. I ended up, it was in 2020. Like I probably had my my exam done maybe like January. And so by the time February, so all of a sudden when I was supposed to go pick them up, it was when Michigan, obviously the whole country was closed. I never picked them up until 2021. And I will tell you, Claudia, I probably put them on maybe four times since then. Cause I'm like, I put them and I'm like, I cannot, my brain, I cannot use these. And so I still use my old ones if I'm driving or something like that at right. night. Right. Cause that's what I noticed. So, okay. So what are some of the things like, what are is there anything that the people, everybody listening right now is like, oh, well, I want to try some some things. Like what could they start incorporating today? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things, but let's keep it simple. So first of all, notice how your vision varies. That's really important because that gives, I call it strains and gains. It gives you clues, like what are some stressors? And it's not just light and computer use and stuff like that, but it could also be tasks that you hate doing, people that you don't want to be around. So that gives you some clues become more aware of your vision. Mm -hmm. We talked about the blinking. Another thing that's important, sunlight. You know, nowadays, I think yes. slowly the tide is going back to how important sunlight is yes. for us, for our health, and including our eye health, right? I mean, we've been told, like, you have to wear sunglasses at all given times. The sun is destroying your retina like laser guns, you know? <laughs> no, um, it is not. Um, there's always a disclaimer. So I haven't worn sunglasses in 20 years. Wow. Um, I do wear them, let's say I would go, I haven't skied in also 20 years, but let's say I would go skiing, like those extreme conditions, that's mm -hmm. a different scenario, or you, like you're on the ocean all day long or something. Um, but let's look at normal daily life, assuming that your pupils are functioning, right? They get really small and bright light and they get wide open at, in darkness, right? So we have these built-in sunglasses, um, but I do want to make a disclaimer. If you have certain eye diseases or your pupillary reaction isn't working or you take <laughs> drugs that keep your pupils dilated, please, please, please wear sunglasses, yeah. right? But if not, like it's really important to get natural light into the eyes. And here's the thing. Eyes are light receivers, yes. right? Like here's a sound receivers. And now people are like, I'm so light sensitive. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, so of course the refractive errors are connected to light sensitivity because if you can't tolerate the light, how can you possibly see, mm -hmm. right? That, that's like your ears cannot, they don't want sound, 
So how can you hear, you know? Right. Right. So that's so important. And I always just think of people, especially, you know, the, like the, the women that always walk in saying, oh, I need my sunglasses. I need my sunglasses. Um, so often I shouldn't just say women, it could be men too, but adrenal fatigue, right. They're just not, their pupils aren't constricting fast enough. And so we need to really support, like you had just said. Um, so I can totally see that, but how about, as you just said about sunglasses, what about all the blue blockers? Do you encourage that or, or where are you on that? So that, that's a good, that's a good point. I do want to say one more thing about sun, yeah. sunlight. So I used to wear sunglasses on overcast days. I would, I would not step out of the house and I couldn't drive at night. And here's the problem, my pupillary reaction, what you just yes. talked about, because when you always wear dark sunglasses, your eyes, you know, your, your muscles never actually practice yeah. closing and opening of the pupil, right? They're always, and especially you work in a dark office, maybe because the screens are harder to see in a bright light room. Um, and so that's, it's really important. And now, now I can, I don't look into cars headlights on purpose, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Right. So that, that oncoming traffic is not a problem for me anymore. And that's why nighttime driving is now easy. Right. And I've heard that from lots of my clients. So reducing your light sensitivity will really help you with night vision also. Um, and then you asked me now, what did you ask me again? Blue blockers, all the blue, oh, blue light blockers. blockers. Yeah. Okay. So blue blockers. Okay. So blue light is obviously important for our circadian rhythm because otherwise we would never get up. We would just be groggy and sleepy <laughs> and blue block, a blue light uh, stops the melatonin secretion so that we have energy in the morning. And so it's really important for our circadian and our biorhythms. However, we do have an excessive amount of blue light nowadays and especially from screens. Most screens have not the full spectrum. They have like really high levels of blue and green and what I do, what I recommend during the day is to actually use software to block the blue light from screens, because I still like, I still want that sun, that, that blue light from the daylight so that I have energy. And then in the evening you want to make, so I have my blue blocking software on my, all my devices on 24, like, mm -hmm. all, like basically all day long, not just sunset to sunrise or something. Um, but then in the evening, you want to make sure that you have no blue lights in your house. So if you um, have lamps or you know lighting that you cannot control, blue blocking glasses, especially those orange or red ones yes. in the evening, are really really helpful. Um, and also, I mean, if you have certain eye conditions during the day, they could be helpful in the sun. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a better option in the sun than just the dark sunglasses because they open up your pupils behind the dark sun. So a blue blocker would be better option during the day if you want to go out and you want to protect your retina let's say you have some macular degeneration or something so that blue blocker would be would be a good choice but talk to your eye doctor if, especially if you have eye diseases um, but that's what I do I really I use mostly software and then you know like my younger daughter works in a business in, in a medical office that has no windows and so it's all fluorescent lighting and that's mm -hmm. a condition where you wearing blue blockers all day would probably be good yes. because that is really horrible light pollution. Oh my gosh, for sure. And then you think of some of the stuff that, um, the off-gassing of that too, I guess would be the right word. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What about red light? Do you ever use that? I know we didn't really talk about this one, but, um, yeah, do you, I do. Do you encourage I do. red light for, for eye yes, health? Or not light. I mean, there's still a lot of research coming up, but yeah. research, um, at the university of London, showed that you know infrared near infrared light has beneficial basically it helps the the mitochondria are the little batteries that we have on each cell in the body and when we get older i always think of a car battery or like a regular battery in your phone so basically you know they kind of lose their power and they found that in older adults i think it was people over like mid 40s 
um, the red lights. For adults over 40s. Right? Yes. I'm way, I'm in my 60s now. So yes. <laughs> but basically, you know, it helps to rejuvenate the mitochondria mm -hmm. and these older cells and retinal cells, the cells in our retina use more energy than any other cell in our body. So um, I think in the study, they did two or three minutes in front of like pretty close to one of these red light uh, lamp devices. I think there's a lot of crappy devices out there. I have not really done extensive research into, but here's what I want to say too. This is for free and sunlight, you guys. Mm -hmm. These light rays are for free and sunlight. You mm -hmm. don't need to buy a red light device. And even yeah. if it's overcast, I mean, it will take longer because there's less lux, there's less brightness than I live in Los Angeles. We have blue skies most days, not every day. Um, but, you know, you so don't think it just has to be sunlight. Just getting out into natural light will actually give you those infrared light. Yeah, rays. for sure. I mean, I think it, I mean, I'm in Michigan. We, we are so lucky this year. We've had sun since about February 1st, but we went the month of January without the sun. And I'm like, why am I here? But that is so huge. All right, Claudia, this is so, I want to have you back. Like we, I want to want to deep dive into all sorts of stuff. So we'll definitely oh have God, a part two. So much more. So much I, know. I know. So share with them where they can find all your information, social media, website. I know you have courses out there. Share yeah. with everybody, all this information. So my website is myholisticvision.com. And on my website, you can find uh, some blog posts. I haven't been very active. You can find free resources. Um, I have an Instagram channel and YouTube is my handle is Holistic Vision Coach. So you can find me on Instagram and YouTube. And I have a free show every, I go live on YouTube every Wednesday for Clear Vision Wednesday. Um, so that's something on my YouTube that you can watch. And I bring on experts like you. You're going to be on my show yes. um, talking about the, the spine and how important that is for good vision. And so, uh, and then I don't know when this podcast comes out, but if you're on my mailing list, I have a free five-day training that is happening end of February this year. But um, if, you, if you watch this later, as long as you get on my list, you know, you will be notified when I do those things again. So oh, I love it. Awesome. Claudia, thank you so much. This is so helpful. And I know everybody was probably like playing around with their eyes. So this is so great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You've probably seen the study that the majority of California wines are filled 
with different sides, right? Pesticides, etc. And so I've always wanted a cleaner version, right? I look at completely organic foods for myself. And so I want to make sure the wine that I'm drinking is also clean. And that's why I love dry farm wines. So a couple different things about dry farm, it's coming from small boutique wineries out of Europe, and they are not putting any pesticides or herbicides or anything like that. It's all regenerative farming, and you want to check this out. They test it for purity. It's a lower sugar wine. It's a lower alcohol wine. Therefore, if you are doing keto, this wine, you will probably still stay within ketosis. It's also non-GMO, and there are no toxic additives. You can go check it out at dryfarmwines.com forward slash healthy living simple for your free penny bottle or click the link below. Once you realize we need to start drinking more water, it can get so overwhelming to try to figure out what water filter is best because we want a filter that will actually take the stuff out of our water. But I want to share with you the product that I'm using at my house to help clean out all the yuckies out of my tap water, and then it infuses it with hydrogen. So it is my hydrogen water system from Synergy Science. You can go back to the episode that Dr. Amy Horneman and I did, episode 122 with the founder of this company, where we talk about all the benefits of hydrogen. But if you want to check out this water filter or even some of their to-go filters that you can take with you when you travel or take with you to work, check it out. Click the link below.